It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmacross Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Cartmacross Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmacrossCU.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection Used Car Event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Loads of stories and interesting guests, I promise you, over the next couple of hours. But I want to begin today by reminding you about a young lady who passed away in 2010. A.V. Norman was only eight when she succumbed to cancer. Her dad, Jimmy, had his eyes open during his daughter's illness to the point that he established a charity, we all know it, don't we, called Avian's Pink Tie, which has become one of the most active and respected charities in the land. Avian would have been 18 at the weekend, a special birthday, and she has, through her dad, Jimmy, and her charity, not received, but given the most wonderful present to the nation. Jimmy Norman is with me on Late Lunch. Jimmy, good to see you. Hey, how are you? Thanks very much for inviting me in. It's very, uh, it's wonderful to be here. First time in the studio, so it's uh, <laughs> not on the phone anymore. <laughs> yeah, we've talked a lot on the phone. I've met you yeah. over the years as well. I really mean that, that she lives through you and this charity. Just remind our listeners what's happened. This is a miracle. It's, it's, uh, um, when I was on St. John's Ward with Avian and Crumlin, I, there was one thing that, that, that definitely that shone very strongly through to me, that there was a great need for accommodation for the parents. It's, uh, there's fantastic organisations, Ronald McDonald is there, there's, 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 there's parents' accommodation on site. But even back in them days, uh, I remember walking through Crumlin and I seen a derelict site and I said, wouldn't it be wonderful one day, you know, if we could buy that site so we could build accommodation for the parents of uh, St. John's Ward, especially people travelling from the countryside. Very, very great difficulties had allowed, Meads, you know, great difficulties getting in Kerry. Donegal, Cork, Galway, that's hard. Oh my God, yeah. Mm. And the present, uh, we all know the the, the present uh, trials and tribulations, the, the horror that is the housing crisis in, in Ireland and Dublin especially, you know, trying to actually to rent any accommodation in Dublin, trying to stay anywhere over long term. You add into that a, a, a very, very sick child who's, who unfortunately not to do with them is putting a huge drain on your household uh, income 
one parent's very likely to have to, to give up work, become a full-time carer of the child. And that, that household may have depended completely on a dual income to survive before that situation. So to add in the cost of, uh, to add in the cost of accommodation in Dublin is crazy. So, so in, that, in, in looking at that, and, 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 and a lot of what Avian's Pink Toy started out was the practical implications and that if one day we could ever buy a house in Crumlin, that that would be the miracle that would be the absolute miracle that we could really help so many and we can leave behind us a legacy that will be there for the whole future because we own the house. This is the great thing about it. There is no mortgage on this. No. It is rent-free. What a dream that is for it's, so it's, many people. It's, it's, it's an incredible dream. Yeah, it is. So the house is there now at Crumlin and it's there available to parents, as you say, who have very sick children going through treatment in the hospital and they can avail of those. Have you sleeping accommodation there? What the, the, the actual house itself, Jerry, is going to be a house for the for a family of St John's Ward. Okay. We, we, Mick Rochford is co-founder of yes. Avian's Pink Toy, and you know through uh, you know through our own experiences of uh, of uh, St John's Ward and and Mick working with me over all the years, we we kind of figured out that we'll probably I think personally we're going to have seven to nine families a year use the house. Okay, and they'll use it. They'll stay there yes. while uh, for a time while their child is in hospital. Yes. And you're working on... It's obviously... It's not finished yet or completed. That has to come. But you've acquired the premises. It is mortgage-free. So that's your plan, to give a number of families in the year that place there that they can base themselves there and be close to their child. This is marvellous. I think it's it's it's. Do you know it? It's because it's it's it's. It, there's been so much wonderful talk put into it, and I have to take I have to take the opportunity to thank so many people. And I'm not going to even try thank all of the people that that have run marathons for us. You know that have done mm. so much stuff. But there was a fantastic event last year that led to this. Uh, that led us to this situation, and that was the <laughs> the strip and dip. Yes. So we had uh, two and a half thousand uh, very very brave ladies uh, enter a very cold Irish sea and break a Guinness book of records and we with the fundraising was incredible because they actually achieved over half a million euros in in uh, on that one day in that one day and the spirit the core of avian's pink toy is that we really wanted mick linda all of the gang all of the the uh, margaret farley everybody that was navy's pink toy we wanted to show the fundraising efforts that had been made, not just by the girls, but by everybody who was fundraised for us. So to take the half a million euros, the house was 351,000, which left us with a budget of about 140 to 150,000 to bring it to the standard of th- that we require, that we want. So th- that was like... There's not many. There's not. I suppose there's, there's not many times that ever happens that we took the whole amount of money and we just transferred it straight into the dream that we've been working on. That Mick and me and, and the guys have been working for over ten years. It's like winning the lotto just always, in always, one day. Uh, wasn't one, it? one day. And yeah. but, but, uh, but an incredible effort. You know, uh, Dedder Feddersen deserves uh, absolute the highest of praise, and all of uh, the, the the ladies that have uh, that, that have worked with Deirdre have been incredible. And she's just been. On Ireland's Got Talent, they nearly won that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if they'd won that, they were given Avian's Pink Toy 50,000. So the generosity. Oh my God. Absolutely it's, stunning. It's brilliant. Stunning. And you continue. And this young lady, this daughter of yours, has made such an impact from you took up the cause after she passed away and said, I want my experience to be put to good use. And using my daughter's name, it's a great name for the charity as Thank well. You. We're going to make a difference over the coming years. 
remind us again, at that time you, you mentioned when she became ill, you were working in the airport, in the aircraft maintenance, that company that went at the time. You lost your job, did you? Yeah. I was working for a company called SR Techniques. Yes. And uh, it was one of the most, you know, it was incredible. I, I, I'm still an aircraft mechanic. I work yeah. for Dublin Aerospace now. I'm very mm. proud of the company that I work for. Um, but at that time with SR Techniques, uh, Avian had just had a huge operation. She had a two and a half kilo tumour uh, removed. Um, they'd transfused most of her blood of her body. She'd lost her kidney. She was in intensive care. She was in ICU. Um, and I've always compared it to looking at a crucifixion. Uh, she was lying on um, on a, on, a, on, a, on the on the gurney, and uh, she had a, a nappy on to give her dignity. But her hands were stretched out, and she had so many uh, you know many lines and, and and monitors into her. And I was I was looking at the television, and I wasn't really paying that much attention, of course. And I seen all of my all my fellow fellow workmates uh, walking out through the gates of um, of uh, SR Techniques in two thousand nine, April two thousand nine. And one of the nurses came up to me and said, Jimmy, you know, is that your job? Your job's at the closing down. And I, I always remember saying to her, if somebody was reading my story now, they'd burn the book, they'd put it in a dustbin and they'd bury it in concrete. And, but the, the, the incredible thing was that I was so much more concerned about Avian. I, I, I couldn't think about the job at that time. That was the least of my worries. Yeah. But that experience... That losing my job, that then becoming dependent on people helping us and fundraising for us, you know, neighbours and, 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 and fabulous colleagues in the uh, airport. I always remember thinking, because I, I lived in Dunboyne, and I always remember thinking that the community of Dunboyne was so fantastic all around Avian's Pink Toy, and the airport was so fantastic around Avian's Pink Toy. And I've seen so much hardship of other, of other families in, in, in Crumlin. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if everybody had a Dunboyne? Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a Dublin Aerospace? And they were the acorns that were planted. They were the seeds that were planted to start thinking about, you know, to build a practical organisation for, uh, for children with cancer. And uh, I remember very distinctly thinking those years ago, like I was unemployed um, and myself and Mick were starting out on the journey of, of, of building Avian's Pink Toy. But does the, 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 the one thing about it, and the one thing I always believe is, is we were always going to do it. We were going to make it happen. I didn't care what we had to do. We were going to make this happen. We didn't realise when we started out uh, with Avian's Pink Toy that there was no National Children's Cancer Charity. And that was a that was a really stark realization, and the pride of the whole of Avian's Pink Toy committee and all of the youth group that work with me and, and and all of the founders of Avian's Pink Toy is, we made a national children's cancer charity, and and that's down to Avian. You did, and this house is yet another fantastic addition to what you do because like I was just looking at some of the things respite days for families if emergency financial support you said yes. to yourself you lost your job yes. people have to give up jobs to look yes. after children as well uh, overnight bags mm. you're into so many things like the, the list is endless there that you're into you do so much I love that I love that area I love that because we get <laughs> we get questioned uh, you know as volunteers of Avian's Pink Toy you know, and, and, and committee members of Avian's Pink Toy and we'd be asked many times, like, what, you know, the, can you just tell us what you do? Yeah. And I say, have you got a week? You know what I mean? Mm. Because the, the Avian's Pink Toy is fluid. So if we find something new, we will go after that thing. If that's to the benefit of the child, if that's to the ben- benefit of mummy and daddy. And I've always, I've always said that we, 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 we hold the child's hand and we put our arms around the parents. And that's the way we do it because it's all inclusive. We look after the siblings. We've, there's a great initiative now coming forward with Avian's Pink Toy that we're looking into at the moment with Linda and Mick and uh, Joe Ray to look at a siblings program that's coming forward now, which, which would be fabulous. Like, but 
Everything we do, uh, the, the Hickman dry suit was an incredible thing. Uh, if a child has cancer, nobody realises unless they have one, and I hope out there nobody ever does. But the, a child can't go swimming, they can't have a bath. We found a company in England, Hammond Dry Suits, and they're 300 euros each. They're specially made, and we give them to every single child in Ireland. And that, was, and that, that initiative started on great friends of mine in the, in the uh, You Boys in Green, the Irish Supporters Club. They gave us uh, 5,000 euros one year. And, it's, and the same reflection as the house. I wanted to see what we could do with the 5,000 euros and show them a real benefit to, to how much we could actually help people. So we took the 5,000 and we bought, I think, 17 dry suits. And that started the initiative then that we could give them to every child in Ireland. Mm, the pillows? Oh, the pillows are the pillows are wonderful. The pillow has a speaker inside of it, so there's a there's a lead out of the pillow that can plug into your mobile phone. So if a child is too weak to actually get up and 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 and, and put the phone up to their head, they can actually talk through the pillow to their mum and dad. But they're actually very very they're a wonderful initiative as well because they can be brought into into ICU. So if the child is in ICU in you know intensive care, the daddy can be outside or mammy can be outside, and the child is always in contact through the pillow, you know. And and the kids love them because they go home, they plug them into MP3 and the, and the, and the music. So that was a dream with Avian that was called. When you reflect on these years since, she was too young to go. You never expect, nobody expects their children to pre-deceased them, do they? No. N- nobody really does. And we were talking just before we started mm. talking on air here. She was, she would have been 18 at the weekend. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 Is that a significant time? Did, did it all come back to you? It's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think, you know, and I've known so many parents that have lost children. There's never one event that's more painful than the other. It, the, the, I was I I done a lot of counselling after Avian's passed away after Avian passed away, and one of them one of the the, the 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 ones I always remember was one of the counsellors said it's like grief is like uh, it's like waves at the start it's constant up against the shore and then it goes away you get you, you become defensive and used to it and then all of a sudden one big wave comes along and that wave just knocks you off your feet. And like over the weekend, I really started to think about Avian and really, really started to hurt about her. And the thing about that is you have to pull yourself back away from it, Jerry. You have to pull yourself back away. You know, I was telling you off air, I crashed my car one day because I wasn't in the car. And I, and I warned parents after they lose a child or a child is diagnosed with cancer. I warned them into the ground to be very, very careful about driving. Be very careful. I've seen men going back to work too soon. And have an accident. So, no, to, I probably diverted a little bit off the question. No, our 17th was hard, our 13th was hard, or, you know, everything is hard. Every day. Every, every day is hard. And there's, there's days Avian comes to me stronger than others. But, um, but this weekend, the house coming this year and being able to dedicate the house to Avian's 18th birthday is, is superlative. Has that been a big help to you, you know, to throw yourself into this, to see the well of support? You've mentioned all those, they're countless. We could be here all day talking about mm. them. Has that helped you in a way? It's a double edged sword. And that's that's the truth. It's a double-edged sword. Uh, I regret a lot of stuff because you give up. So, I gave up so much time. I've, I've spent so much time away from my other children. You know, you know, fundraising and being down the country all the time. So you, you lose a lot. Of, you lose a lot yourself because of it. But the honest to god truth is, there was nothing else I could do to survive. Avian to walk away from St John's Ward would have been an abomination to me if I had not gone out to try and do something for the kids. I couldn't have never I could have never lived with the memory of Avian um, and what she had gone through if I hadn't tried my best 
to, to go out and do my best for the children and uh, and and the committee and Mick and myself, you know, we fulfilled many dreams and and we have established, uh, you know, a national organisation that we know that we'll make sure that it'll go through the future and uh, you know I always say nobody'll ever walk alone again, nobody'll walk the walk alone again. And it is an absolute genuine charity where almost 100% of what is raised and the monies you take in go back in and go to help others who desperately need it. I'm sure there are people listening today, Jimmy, here in Loud and Mead and beyond mm-hmm. listening to us who unfortunately will yes. avail of this house of absolutely, yours someday. Absolutely. And that is the reality That's of it. That's the reality of it. I take my hat off to you. I really mm. do. Because where would we be in this country? The first national children's charity. All you've done in the interim. And now this house to help a number of families and numbers over the years ahead. I think you're wonderful. I really do. Thanks and this is the most you. brilliant charity. And, you know, she's there. She's oh, smiling. You can feel her sometimes. Can't you can, you feel, can it? you feel her? Oh, you do. You do feel she's it. Smiling it, down at it, you. It happens sometimes. You can actually feel her entering the room. I find it an awful lot when I public speak. There's a time when it switches and I can feel Ivy instead of coming in now. Isn't that remarkable? That's how we feel. And she'll always be with you and always be with us Absolutely. into the future with Absolutely. all you're doing and are going to do. For yes. the, you have more plans, I know that, for the future as oh, well. Yeah. Any <laughs> project comes your way. You heard the man himself say it on Late Lunch today. They look at it and see what they can do. Thank you to Avine and thank you to you, Jimmy, and all your people in the charity for what you've done for so many people that you may never know in the years ahead. Mm. Thank you for joining me on Late Lunch today. We remember Avine and Avine's pink tie today on Late Lunch. Thank you very much, Jerry. I truly appreciate that. And happy birthday to Avine. I we'll always love you. We absolutely. Thanks, Jimmy. If you're into your big bands, listen up. Yes, the ultimate big band show is coming to the TLT in Drogheda on Saturday week, the 27th of April. It's directed by the wonderful Dara O'Reilly and it relives the golden hits of the Rat Pack, Elvis Presley, Liberace and lots more. Tickets are available from the TLT box office or tlt.ie. That's the tlt.ie. I have some tickets to give away to the big band show. What a night out that'd be today on Late Lunch. Here's your question. True or false, Dean Martin wasn't a member of the Rat Pack. True or false, Dean Martin wasn't a member of the Rat Pack. Text WhatsApp your answers now to 086-1800-658 and we'll pick a couple of winners for that before the end of the show. And the best of luck to you on that one there. Louise, the weather. I have the soup out today. Don't even have to read the weather, do I? have <laughs> no. to too. Just don't look out the window, you'll just get depressed. Well, Louise, I was in Lock Arrow Saturday and Sunday and it was like that. Oh yeah, it was really bad down that end of the country, Blue wasn't it? gale, the rain poured down. Oh my word, it was something else, but we still have managed to winkle out. You felt like a fish. Days. Yeah, well, I'm starting to do get into that frame of mind when <laughs> I'm there. Anyway, the good news is the weather's to get better for Easter. Yes, we're wearing our woolies now, but by... Friday, I believe. We'll be out of them and the temperatures will be into the 20s. They said, what a day for the schools to be off. First day for the Easter holidays. What would you think parents are doing today? Have they any hair left? I'd say my husband is at home pulling his hair out. (laughs) With three kids shouting and roaring at him. When you can't get them out. It's a devil, isn't it? It's terrible. As I was leaving this morning, he says, if you hear of anything going on, you know, let me know. I can bring them to indoors. You'd think it was just done on purpose, wouldn't you? You really, really would. Oh, my God. But anyway, it's to get better as the week goes by. Still to come on Late Lunch, the one that didn't get away. We have a lovely story for you in a a little while. And a baby delivered in a filling station in County Mead. We'll hear that one as well. All to come and much more on Late Lunch. Mary Duff has joined us. I'm looking forward to having a chat with Mary. We have tickets and CDs to give away as well, so stay with us for that one. But let's head in towards news and weather. Well, the weather is well, Louise says she doesn't even have to read it at two o'clock today I just say crap <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Let's have Westlife, and this is appropriate. We want to dedicate this to Jimmy Norman, who joined us just a few moments ago, and his late daughter, Avian. What a wonderful charity it is. Avian's Pink Tide. This is for you, my love. Baby on the way? You won't make the hospital? Can I recommend that you head for King's Gala in Ashbourne? Why? Jerry Brady, the owner's on the line, he's going to tell us. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. My, oh my, a baby born on your premises. When did this happen? Um, it happened last uh, Wednesday evening, um, gone by there, about 5.30 or 5.35. What happened? Were you there yourself? Um, no, I wasn't actually there myself. Uh, I was finished work at about five o'clock, and um, as I said, about five thirty or five thirty-five, uh, a lady pulled up, and um, she was over to the right of the car park. And one of the girls was on the first hill, kind of looked out and noticed somebody in distress, and they didn't know whether it was someone got hit with a car or there was an accident or something. And she went to, to have a look, and the lady was screaming for, for help and to say her friend was in the in the uh, act of having a, a child. So they all hell broke loose and everyone started running for here and running there and no one knew what to do, I suppose, in the sense the panic had struck. So um, there was a lady actually on the first pump, uh, pump number one, who took the whole thing under control. So from petrol and diesel? Literally a customer. <laughs> yeah, and off she went and she said... Everyone stop, I look after this. <laughs> to towels and water. <laughs> and she uh, yeah, she took she took full control and now she hadn't all that there were Siobhan here and Mary here were, were were going with water and with whatever they could get their hands on that was needed and they had no towel of course, so that was the the, the gas part of it because they actually uh, we get we get wrapped bananas in for the for the fruit and veg and they come in a kind of a foam wrap. And yeah. They Mary thought straight away, God, she said, you know something, that's what we need to, to wrap the child in if the, when the child is born. <laughs> so she brought the foam wrap out and the foam wrap was put in as a, as a, a saviour. <laughs> so the, the baby, instead of being wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed yeah, in a manger, was yeah, wrapped in yeah. banana wrapping yeah, and put in the back of the car. Banana Republic, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was very, very funny looking back on it, but it was, it was a quick quick thinking by her because yeah. they literally had nothing else. They had nothing here to, to give her to hand over to her, so it was sharp. They were sharp on the button with it, and uh, fair play to Mary. She uh, 
she thought straight away this this is this is a solution. So the baby arrived safe and sound and that uh, customer of yours uh, got in there and did what she had to do and then ambulance arrives or what happened from there? Yeah, I, I, the exact time I'm not sure about with the ambulance but I think that the child was just born that they just had given birth when the ambulance arrived. So um, it was, the work kind of was done at that stage in, in a sense but there was, uh, it was just that the lady that in fairness that that was on the first pump that came in. She was after getting fuel, mm. and she she according to what the, the ladies here, my my staff were saying, she wasn't she wasn't in any way a nurse or midwife or anything in that nature. Mm. But she uh, she took control and she delivered the child. And my God, the rest is history. Oh, absolutely, like, <laughs> you know, like as Mary said here, and Mary, I think she has three kids, but she said, I, I'll tell you, I I, I would I was in real, we were in real trouble only before she came. Yeah. Uh, but it just shows you there are people of that nature and they just take control of situations yeah, yeah, and they yeah. do it. They have that in them. And a lot of us, like myself, wouldn't have either, to be honest. So what do we know? Do you know who that woman is? No, I don't because... And, and the girls didn't really... Like, I have her on camera, but I haven't really because I can't... Mm. I can't... I can't focus in on her. It's just where, where she was. Yes. It's not coming across, but... Um, it would be. It would. I'd love if she put her hand up and, and kind of came back in. Because oh, do. Everyone was heroic, you know. And yes, things. do please, whoever you are. If anybody's yeah. listening today, yeah. people listening today had to have heard this story. Somebody knows who she is. Absolutely. Come on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jerry we wants to. A lot of we could have customers here from, obviously from Matoa Dashburn, yeah, into Dunshockland, mm. um, you know, down into Navan. You, you, you know, we've a, a vast kind of run of area, and my own area into Dunsany. Like, I would have a lot of customers here from. Yes. So it, it's kind of, it could be anywhere, you know. In fairness, the woman could have been past it. She could be from down the country, so it, yeah. it wasn't. But by the same token, um, it would be nice if, if, you know, if she came back and yes. even introduced herself in the sense that... So who is this midwife? Who is this stand-in midwife absolutely. that delivered a baby at King's Gala in Ashbourne on last Wednesday evening? Have you heard of the story in your local area community? Do you know she, who she is? Are you listening? Is it you listening today? Come on, get in touch with us. Jerry wants to meet you. And give us a shout here at LMFM, 1850-715-958 by phone. And the family and the baby, the baby doing well. What do you know of the baby? Yeah, I, I, again, I've, I've, I try to get... Uh, contact for the, the there is a guy in the area who, who knows the the, the mum and dad of the child and right I don't and uh, no I possibly do if, if I see them but I, I, I just I can't it's not uh, coming home to me at the moment mm. I, I just asked I made a few inquiries there last week to say if you know if you could I know I don't we put them under any stress of course um, but if all you know all is well by all accounts anyway um, boy or a girl if they, a girl a little girl. Yeah, yeah. No, ah. don't, don't ask me to wait, please, because I don't know. No, you're all right. You're, you're okay. You're doing your job well telling us this story today. I don't need any more than that at the minute. Ah, uh, listen, as well, congratulations to that family as well, and all's well that ends yeah, well. Yeah. If, if, if they're listening or someone knows them, do come forward as well, because I know, Jerry, you'd like to. This is something you'd like to mark. Yeah, this doesn't absolutely. happen. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, like, you know, like for someone to come back even in years and to go, well, my yeah. daughter was born there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well done to your girls. Well done yeah, to that unknown lady at the minute. Hopefully, we'll find out who she is and the family. It's a great story. It's a great story. It really, really is. Thanks for telling us, Jerry. Not a problem, Jerry. Thanks. Appreciate it. Take care. That's Jerry Brady there from King's Gala in Ashbourne. What a drama! Baby born in the uh, garage last Wednesday. Now, today is a poignant day for many people in Liverpool because thirty years ago today. Thousands of people went to Sheffield to an FA Cup semi-final between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest. A fantastic sporting occasion. Next stop, Wembley.
96 of those Liverpool fans never came home and I'm sure their families would say have never received justice to this very day. Peter Jones was commentating at Hillsborough on that day and this was his final report on that incredible afternoon. I was watching it, I can remember myself at home on TV watching it and I couldn't believe what I was seeing unfolding in front of me and I don't think many people can or could even still. Here's what Peter Jones had to say in his final wrap-up from Hillsborough on that fateful day. Well, I think the biggest irony is that the sun is shining now and Hillsborough's quiet and over there to the left, the green Yorkshire hills. And who would have known that people would die here in the stadium this afternoon? I don't necessarily want to reflect on Heisel, but I was there that night broadcasting with Emlyn Hughes and he was sitting behind me this afternoon. And after half an hour of watching stretchers going out and oxygen cylinders being brought in and ambulance sirens screaming, he touched me on the shoulder and he said, I can't take any more. And Edmund Hughes left. The gymnasium here at Hillsborough is being used as a mortuary for the dead. And at this moment, stewards have got little paper bags and they're gathering up the personal belongings of the spectators. And there are red and white scarves of Liverpool and red and white bobble hats of Liverpool and red and white rosettes of Liverpool and nothing else and the sun shines now That was Peter Jones his final report he filed from Hillsborough that shocking evening and would you believe it Peter didn't live long after that he, he died within a year and many people believe that actually he never fully recovered from what he saw on that day and of course he mentions Emlyn Hughes there, the great Emlyn Hughes who is no longer with us either. Wonderful Liverpool captain who lifted the European Cup for the Reds. Oh my God, when you think of it, 96 lives lost on that day. No matter what happened or who was responsible, it was just simply awful. Really, really awful. And a defining moment after that. Then uh, standing ended in uh, top football grounds in England. European On the European scene, English clubs went out of Europe subsequently and an awful lot happened. And glad to say that grounds are safer today. But today, 30 years on, we can but remember those 96 Liverpool fans who lost their lives. Last week on Late Lunch, I made an appeal for a good angling friend of mine, Ronan Gormley. Uh, He was fishing the River Nanny a few weeks back and he went off after his fishing and left his trusted fishing rod behind him. I told you the story on Late Lunch and we put it out there. Professor Ronan Gormley is on the line with me this afternoon. Ronan, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jerry. Ronan, take us back. How long was it? Three weeks ago or four at this stage? Uh, just about three weeks ago, yes. yeah. And you were on the River Nanny fishing? I was on the River Nanny and I finished fishing and I came up and to where the car was and there's a sort of a, a crash barrier, a fender on the side of the road uh, at a little place where you can park and I left the fishing rod against that, took off my boots, took off my coat put on a sweater, put on my shoes, got into the car and drove home. And left your trusted friend behind you, Ronan. my trusted friend behind me. When I got home, I opened the boot, of course, and suddenly I say, oh, no, fishing rod, fishing rods. I left it behind, got back into the car and drove back down to Drogheda uh, or to Julianstown and got caught in the evening rush, so it took a long time to go down. And when I got down, of course, there was no sign of, the, of, of this trusted fishing rod. Now, the story of this rod is special. When did you get it? It's a special rod, I suppose. I bought it in 1955, which is a long time ago. <laughs> it was a two-piece uh, split cane uh, fly fishing rod, fairly short, about seven and a half feet, so ideal for a river like the like the like the Nanny. And uh, it's, it was a nice rod in the sense that 
when you buy a fishing rod now, the cork handle on it doesn't last very long, maybe seven or eight or ten years, the cork begins to crumble. Mm. But the cork handle on this rod is, is, is in perfect shape. So the, the quality of the cork that they put on fishing rods at that time was obviously very good. And of course, things that you bought in the 50s and 60s, they were, they were meant to keep and they, they, were, they, they lasted a long, long time. Mm. And so this, this one did. This fishing rod is still, is still in very good working <laughs> order and I would use it in preference to another one I have, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's an old friend. Yeah. Yes, and it has caught a lot of fish in its day. Well, I, I bought it in 1995, as I said. 1955, as I say, and I caught, uh, within the first week I went out, I caught a trout on the nanny on the fly. That was the first time I ever caught a trout on, on, on the fly. And it's been used since in the reservoirs, Canadian uh, and Barnatton, and on the Boyne, and on the nanny, and occasionally in the West when I would be on holiday over there. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's been with you all this time. Yes. You, you rang me, I put the appeal out on the radio, and we said we'd wait and see. Well, Ronan, today I have good news for you. We have your rod. That's tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> we've got it. Would you believe we've got it? And the man who has it is on the other line. Desi, how are you? Desi Coyle. Dan. Dan. How are you? I'm very good. Desi Ronan's okay. on the other line. You picked up the rod. Tell us, how did you come by the rod? Uh, Jerry, I was driving along along that stretch of road and I seen a rod lying up again the crash barrier. But my intention was to go down, to walk down along the nanny to see what the flood run over. Yeah. Which I was beginning to run over. It was a good bit right down. So I seen the rod and I pulled her up, put her in my car and I waited for about half an hour to see would anybody come back. But nobody came back. So hence, <clears throat> I went back a couple of more times up and I didn't see anybody. So I put her onto, a, onto this a internet thing. Yep. I never got anything back on it. Mm. And I didn't hear it on the radio. A niece of mine rang me that was on the radio. So, so I got back to you, Jerry. You <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I have to tell you two guys, before I let you talk to him, Roland, what happened was, listen to this for the link in the story. I'm in Sligo fishing the weekend. I'm out for a pint on Saturday night in the local pub on Loch Arrow. And Kevin Sheeran comes in. I think you both know Kevin from Dunlear. And yeah. Kevin says, I heard your appeal on the radio the other day. And I know where that fishing rod is. So Kevin had a link to your niece, Desi. Correct. And the, we made the circle. We made the circle. That's how it all came together. Uh, fantastic. Desi, uh, Roland, what do you want to say to Desi? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm greatly indebted to, to Desi. It's, it's great that he found the rod. It's great that it went into someone who was, who was kind and who understood fishing rods and everything like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to get it back because it's a bit, it's almost like my left arm, you know. It's, it goes back so far. It has such a, a sort of a personal history, if you like, uh, and its use and over the years and so on. And it was sort of sad when I lost it because I said it was like losing an old friend, you know. Yeah. Well, he's back. It's back. It's back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it shows the power of, of local radio and also the, the, the internet and the media we have and so on and so on. Yeah. 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 Desi, fair to use and, and I can yeah. tell you, Ronan, Desi's been fishing all his life as well. He loves the sport and he obviously yeah. knew that belonged to somebody and he's kept it safe. A good man, Desi. Yeah. And I like his comment as well about going down to sea was the flood out of the river because yeah. about three or four days before that there was a significant flood in it well, and that particular day it was just about coming back to the right the right conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Desi, well, well done. Thank you, Desi, very much indeed. Nolan, yeah. I, I can meet you 
where you left the rod anytime you like. <laughs> yeah, or if you give your if you give your number to to Jerry, I have it. Yes, me know when I can call to yeah to to collect it or or anything. Well, boys, I'm going to let you make the arrangement between yourselves. Is that all right? Yeah, and you, if you send me Desi's I will his contact, I ring him. I yeah, will yeah. for sure. Desi, you're a good one. Well done, you. That's a great story. Thank you, Desi, very much. Desi, nice to talk to you. Take care. Okay. Right. Take care, Ronan. God bless you. Bye bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, boys. Thanks a million. Oh, Lord, I'm just thrilled about that. Louise, you couldn't write that story. Honestly, it, it, the way it happened, and I would have known nothing about it really either until I met Kevin in Sligo over the weekend, and Kevin said, heard you, know what the rod is. And I think Kevin, Kevin uh, met uh, Desi's niece. Uh, there was some function on that, and that's where the chat happened, and the whole thing came up, and she'd been listening to the radio as well and heard what we said last week. And, and you even said, like, after three weeks, you know, when you mentioned it last week, mm, be very, you know, you thought yes. the chances were be slim it's and long of time. getting it back. Do, do you know what the good part is? It is that Desi Coyle found another angler who would appreciate, you know how what I mean? How valuable it is. How that, oh, that, what that would mean to somebody else. That was the look of the draw there. It really was. But a needle in a haystack, sometimes you can find them, you know. Yeah. And, and you do, Jen. Jen. <laughs> I'm thrilled, you know, being in the angler myself. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Like, you know, I, I know what it would mean to lose a fishing rod that you love or a reel or a box of flies that you've had for years and tied yourself or something like that. It's just, if you lose or something like that is stolen or you misplace or whatever, break your heart. But that, like, that's 20 years older than I am, that rod. <laughs> 1955, Ronan Gormley bought that split cane fly rod, mm. seven foot fly rod. And he has, I'm nearly sure he said to me, he didn't say it there. I think he has the receipt for it. You know what I mean? That's like, amazing. Think of, that's 74, isn't it? 74. And he probably saved up a long time to buy that. I'd say so back then, to be honest with mm. you. Is that 74 years? Oh, no, am I wrong? Or, or 64? 64. Is it, do me maths there. 64. Hold on, let's just put it here onto this. That's nine. Uh, 64 years, yes. 64 years ago. My, my. That is uh, certainly, and there's history in it as well. You heard him saying it there. Isn't it just a wonderful, wonderful story? Were you that's watching great. The Tiger? Were you watching the Tiger? I wasn't watching him, I have to say, but I heard all the news reports were bang, bang, coming oh, on my phone. We're going to be talking about Tiger Woods a little later on in the show. Did the Masters preview, we were talking to Des Smith last week about yeah. him, and do you remember me saying to him, what it about the Tiger, Des? Oh. We were talking about Kopke and all these fellas winning, and, and Dustin Johnson and La 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 and Molinari, and I said to Des, what about the Tiger, what do you think? My God, he did it yesterday. What a sporting moment that was. I, I don't For people who don't follow golf... That man has, right, he has had fierce personal problems as well. He's overcome those physical problems. It looked like he would never, he was struggling to walk a couple of years ago. And he had this major surgery, a fusion on the base of his spine, because golf is a fierce, tough sport on your spine, you know, the way they play as well. Not alone did he get back playing and won a tournament, a big one last year, but to win that major, oh, it just made it. Because for me, Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer ever and I had the pleasure of following him on four different occasions in tournaments 
to see him at close up and see him play when he was at his pomp as well when he was winning everything and he's just a genius he really is a genius but what was I saying to you about genius earlier on all genius they, they're on the border aren't they are flawed there's a flaw in every genius. You were saying, com- you know, they're compulsive as well. He's like that. He I just like thought that. they have a very addictive personality, and they can that can often lead them to trouble. George, you know, if they're but, so good at yes. sport, they can also get addicted to other things. They do, and you're right. Astray. That's the thing. Maybe it was women in Tiger's case <laughs> for a while. <laughs> uh, but look at look at look at Alex Higgins. You know, genius. But look at the, the problems he had. Georgie Best, George Best. I told you the story about Georgie when he's London, the famous one. I never one. heard that. And it's he went missing story. from Man United. The papers were all headlines. He's gone. He'll never be found again. A little, uh, I don't know what be- man that worked in a hotel in London that looks after rooms. What would you call them? Not bellboys. What do you call people who's waiters or whatever went up with mm. food. Went up with a bottle of champagne I think to George in the bedroom and he opened the door. Susan George I think it was. The famous Susan, Susan George. The beautiful Susan George was on the bed in her skimpies and there was money tossed all over the bed everywhere and there was drink on the table and he put the bottle down and as the little man was leaving he turned back to George and he said George where did it all go wrong? And everybody else would be going, wow, how did you do that? <laughs> the famous Georgie Best story. Anyway, let's head towards the break at half two. Mary Duff is with us next. We have CDs. She's bringing it all back home to Lobenstein with a big concert over the Easter. I always love it when my next guest comes calling. And she hasn't been here for a while, I have to tell you, but she's been busy, busy, busy. And when I say Easter's going to be really special in Sydney this year, because in Lobenstown, should I say, but it's presented by Sydney GFC. Mary Duff in concert with special guests. Easter Monday, 8 o'clock, doors open half seven. You better get your tickets because you won't get in, I promise you. Mary. Hello, Jerry. It's, it's fantastic to be back with you, even if it is a stormy old day. But <laughs> worth coming out to see you. It is a stormy day, but you'll that never deterred a mead woman in her life. Welcome no. to the show again. I was looking back. It's hardly... I interviewed you since 2013, did I? I ah, you did, I'm sure. You did. Have, yeah, I, I think, think so. I think I did, but I was looking back album. then. Oh, yes, absolutely. That was the original album. That's How like many albums have you recorded at uh, this time? Probably about, oh, about maybe 25, 26, something like that. Between like real albums as I call them and then ones that are compilations made yes. from albums yeah. so probably went 24, 25, 26 yeah I think like you're right I was looking that up myself yeah. today and you have a brand new one out now turn back the years yes and I think that's appropriate it just worked I love that song and it wasn't intentionally for um, a title track it just I love the song mm. and then we thought well we're, I'm over 32 years singing with Daniel really so to turn back the years is very appropriate because we've done so much and it wouldn't be great to be able to turn back the years yes. you know but at the same time then you wouldn't have all the memories and you wouldn't have all the achievements and met so many people and done different things you know if, you, mm. if, if, if you're starting again and I think starting now it's, it's actually probably harder than it was even when I was starting yeah. you know it's hard for a woman anyway in the business mm. because I think if a fellow goes out there and he's half good looking and maybe he doesn't have to sing that well if he looks good at all women ah oh, we'll go and see him Osha. he's great you know but a girl is kind of a different story there you know you have to be very careful I suppose how you dress how you present yourself um, it's just harder mm. I've always found it harder but you so know. you were whole good looking all your life so no. sure it wasn't a bother to you never mind half no but it's better for a fella if a woman's too good looking that doesn't work either because I'm not what are you, you going to see so? her for <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah it's so a funny one isn't it so I think down the years there's not that many women if you count them in the business yes. even now mm. do you know it's, it's more male dominant I would say. Yeah, but it's like a lot of things in life. But look at it, it is changing. We have to say it is changing yeah. across the board. For you when, you, you, when you go and produce a new album like this, is it difficult picking the songs for it? Well, it is. Um, 
this album now is all songs that people will recognise. Pick up the album, you know every song on it. You know, if you know music at all, mm. you know all the songs. And a lot of those songs I was known from my childhood, like, the, uh, you know, Patsy Klein. I grew up with Patsy Klein with her music. That is, uh, my father had one of those old reel to reel tape recorders at home. And he's an accordion player. He'd always be having accordion tunes on. He'd be practising and taping himself and, you know, that kind of thing. So Patsy Klein's music would have been played a lot. And people like Gloria, Philomena Begley, yeah. they were always played at home. And I, I suppose I grew up listening to music. And some of those songs now are on that songs like like um, Poor Man's Roses on it, Silver Treads and Golden Needles that would have been from way back. I would mm. remember that song, uh, Sing Me Back Home, the old Merle Haggard. You know, they're all well known songs. I grew up with a lot of those but songs. But so true today, yeah. still, and so enjoyed today by people. They are people. People, I think you know the last album I brought out two years ago was um, Changing Names, which was totally original songs, all from some of the great writers of Nashville. Um, I've been to the Opry. Oh, a couple of years previous, Grand Ole Opry sang on that with Daniel and met a lot of people, made connections and did the album kind of as a fall off of that. Mm. But um, I think, you know, I think it's a great album. But people pick it up, they don't recognise any songs and think, don't know that, don't know that. So they're not inclined to buy as much. Whereas if you do a, an album of songs that people will recognise, even myself, oh, well, that's a lovely song, I'll buy it just for that song maybe. Yeah. And I've done it myself. Mm. I shouldn't be saying that, but I have. <laughs> God, because I like the song. And this album, uh, like, I like all the songs on it, but I'm, I suppose I'm a sucker for the slow songs. I love slow songs. But they're all songs that everybody will know. You'll know. Like they Blue, will. Blue Boy, they will. Twist and Shout. And this album like is available now. It yeah, went just on released Friday. on the 12th on yeah, Friday. So Friday came out on... It was out, like, you could pre-order it uh, maybe two weeks before there or something and people had it in different areas before and got great feedback like, mm. from different places on the on the website and which is a great uh, it's a great encouragement f- for me as well you yes. know I mean I I just love singing all I want to do ever and all I still want to do is sing I mm. love it and um, you know I, I suppose I've done different genres of music like from the inspirational album you know we did a couple of years ago as well the voice of an angel was all kind of hymn music which I love singing in church as well yeah. so I mean I just love a broad style yes, of music of and, and I hopefully can sing a broad style as well I've tried mm. everything as well so But you mentioned Grand Ole Opry there you've graced so many wonderful venues and stages in the world in your own right and with Daniel as well if you were to say to me the one the number one for Mary Duff where is it? Is it the Opry? Oh well, that was very special because it was a place where, you know, as I say, people like Patsy Klein, Tammy Wynette and Emmy Lou Harris, all those people had performed there down to the years. And I, you know, I never thought I'd ever get the chance to even go there for mine, sing on that stage. And it was it was very, very emotional on the night being yeah, there. Yeah. But a place I loved playing was the Newtown Country Club. I mean, it sounds crazy because it's home. Yeah. And because it was like in my own house nearly and yes. people were coming and we used to get loads of people from across the water and from Australia would come over at the shows I do there and that was that to me probably is one of the most special places to me that I've played because it's home ground yes. do you know but um, there's some some gorgeous venues I mean the, the Symphony Hall in Birmingham is another favourite I love that place it's, it's just you could whisper in there and you hear it and it's people listening and it's, it's just gorgeous place the acoustic you know? yeah marvellous and then uh, there's another place I love as well that's Sri Lanka I've been there a couple of times and uh, we went there about four or five years ago with Daniel first and uh, none of us knew what to expect like what the audience is going to be like will they understand the language they all speak English because a lot of them were you know brought up with English um, teachers and stuff yes. speak English all coloured and I just 
the feeling you go out there, they sang everything. Mm. They were unbelievable. We've been there recently and unbelievable. So sing an- everything. Another place you love as well. And, yeah. and talk about loving venues. You are bringing it all back home to the Church of the Holy Cross, Lobenstown, Easter Monday, the big show, mm-hmm. Mary Duff in concert, Eugene Ginty's which is well, he the is. wonderful Eugene. Your uh, dad is with you, your niece. Is. Yes, my niece Emma. Emma is only just gone 13 and uh, like... Herself and her two sisters, they, they're in Born to Perform, you know, that uh, musical yes. uh, hip-hop. Yep. They do dance and do sing. They've actually won the All-Ireland only two Terrific. weeks ago as well, which great. is a great achievement for them. Yeah. And well done to Gavin and all the gang for that. But uh, yeah, they've been with them since they've been toddlers. And uh, Emma uh, has won a lot of different awards herself. She actually appeared in the Westlife new single. She's on that. Just a little snippet of her, but she's mm. on it. Mm. And uh, she loves singing. She just loves it. So I thought, well, it'd be a bit of a chance to just bring her along and... Introducer, yeah. a new talent yeah. as well. Yeah, so she's looking forward to it. With the star of the show present <laughs> as well. I have tickets, you know. I have tickets for this concert to give away. Would you like to go to see Mary in Lobenstown? Beautiful venue as well, it the is. church there. I have a few pair of tickets to give away for Mary Duff. 86 658 is the number. And here's the most difficult question in the world. You know, I'd like to make it easy for you in late lunch land. In what county is Lobenstown? Now, if Annie's get that wrong, there's going to be a ruction here. I'm not joking. I'm joking you. I'm going, to, I'm going to knock the house down. In what county is Lobenstown? I can't make it any easier to go and see Mary Duff in concert on Easter Monday in a local church in Lobenstown. Yeah. Get your answers in now. Your name and the answer, please, to 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. We're going to hear a song from the new album. This is my pick and you'll have your pick in a minute. Okay. I want to play this one for our listeners today on Late Lunch. It's a duet with your great friend, the Mr. Mr. Daniel O'Donnell. Introduce it, Mary. Yes, it's, it's a, myself and Daniel have been singing together for all oh, for donkey's years and uh, I just asked him, would you like to sing a song on the album? And he says, oh, of course, Mary. Well, sure, why not? So this is the one we've, we've tried it out on stage and people seem to like it too. So you'll all know it. Absolutely. Sing along. sing along. Come on. Oh, it's crying time again you're gonna leave me i can see that far away look in your eyes i can tell by the way you hold me darling that it won't be long before it's crying time The heart grow fonder And the tears are only rain To make love grow But my love for you Could never grow no stronger If I live to be a hundred years old Oh, it's crying time again You're gonna leave me I can see that far away look in your eyes I can tell by the way you hold me darling That it won't be long before it's crying time
And as sure as the sun comes up tomorrow Crying time will start when you walk out the door Oh, it's crying time again You're gonna leave me I can see that far away look in your eyes I can tell by the way you hold me darling that it won't be long before it's crying time I can tell by the way you hold me darling that it won't Isn't that just beautiful? Mary, the harmonies in that are just sensational. From her new album, Out Since Friday, more chat with Mary after the break. Mary, we've got to give this wonderful man a mention. He's in studio with us today, Steve, Steve Millen. He produced this wonderful album. He produced album. the album. Does, yeah. I suppose it's your first album to totally produce on your own, isn't yeah. it, Steve? Is it's it not? terrific. Oh, he's done a few more. He's, oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a sub-interview oh, going on yes, here yes, in the yes. studio between them. Did we clarify that? Yes, well, the first country, totally yes, country one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That. The other was well done one. to you, Steve. Well done, I want to say that. Steve is going to suffer, Jerry, because he fell off a little scooter. Similar to the kids' scooters, but it's an adult one with motorised. Yeah. And he went to grab his phone out in Australia when we were there and uh, took his eye off the, the scooter and tumbled and broke his, his wrist. <laughs> they say in radio, don't work with what animals or children. <laughs> Steve, don't be going on children's toys or little scooters that you've learned your lesson I'm now. I'm not good here. for a piano player breaking his wrist, <laughs> oh is Oh my it? God almighty, He's stop the you. lights, please God, you'll be much better soon. Come back to you, you've a lot ahead of you as well. I was just saying, you have a UK tour of your own coming up in July. Yep, I do. You're on the road with Daniel, again mm-hmm. the annual tour with him. And I yep. want to tell people, you're coming to the TLT in Drogheda in August. August yep. So watch out for that one, That's 21st of August with Daniel, with Daniel yeah. uh, but yeah. besides that th- this gig I'll remind you again I have the tickets here before me and there's loads of, funny how they know where Lobenstown is I wonder <laughs> how that happened Good. how do they know which county Lobenstown is anyway you don't hear it too much now mentioned do you Lobenstown no you absolutely don't no. so besides all of this that's going on at the minute UK Daniel the album mm. anything else happening with Mary Duff um, well, I'm going to be on uh, Opry on Dura. That's uh, coming up in a couple of months. Yes, it's the yeah. 18th of June. Yeah. Uh, that's in Derry. So they'll yes. be recording for that shortly. Um, I'm going to make a couple of videos for this album as well, I think the week after next as mm. well, over in Jellistown Studios. So that'll take some time as well. And yeah. just always bits and pieces, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still recording this Irish album I started a couple of years ago. I haven't finished that one because other things sort of get in the way and you kind of yeah. push on hold and... Um, Looking forward to that coming out as well at some stage, um, unless something else comes in the way of it. But things are going great and we're just kind of, um, I've started kind of working on a book as well, which people say, why don't you write down your stories, where you're going to, what you're doing? And I says, yeah, and every so often I'd write a bit, then I'd forget about it and, you know, then something would jerk in my mind again. So hopefully that'll get finished as well. So there's, there's always something. You've plenty to be doing. You know. Does the touring still rock your clock? You mentioned Australia there, you know, you're all over mm. the world. Is that still, is that something you become accustomed to and you just get well, on it's a way it? of life, Jerry, because when I come home um, because I've been on tour really off practically 
over 30 years, you say, on tour. And it is, it is a way of life. And you just you get up and you know what you're doing. It's your routine. You get up, say, maybe 12 o'clock. You're gone at 2 o'clock. You arrive at the gig. You take out your stuff, get your clothes together, uh, do your laundry, whatever, as in iron, you just stay yes. for the night. Uh, any letters to be answered, you do that. Do your sound checks. That could take two hours. Uh, then, then you go for something to eat. And then it's basically time to get yourself dressed, makeup on, ready for the show. Out you go. And then... After the show, shows usually with Daniel would be three hours probably. After that, you've got maybe two hours to meet people and then you get on the bus and you head off. To you're away again. Yeah, so it's, you know the what you're doing. The time is full. Though. But when you come home, it's kind of, uh, what I do first, will I clean the windows, will I wash the floors, <laughs> will I dust first, what will I do? Because no yeah, matter what you, you see, do, you have to... Absolutely. Mary Duff or anybody has to do the is, same things that we all do unreal. every single day of our lives. You do, shopping. And I remember out in the RD one day shopping and a woman came up to me at the till. I can't believe, do you do your own shopping? <laughs> Well, it doesn't just arrive out there itself in the, in the house. Jesus, Mary, when people say you know, to me, that's a great job you have. You go in at half one and you're finished at half three. I, I often feel like saying, yeah. see you in the morning at half eight. Yeah. But you won't be home. You'll be home for your tea, all right, yeah? Yeah. But I know, I know what you're saying. still prepare for yeah, shows yeah, as well. Yeah, Even yeah. I'm off now. Mm. I'm preparing for the show next week. And then for my tour in July, I have to prepare for that now as well. Because when I'm back with Daniel, there's no time to prepare for my stuff. I'm working on his stuff. Yes. So I'm back with him um, in two weeks' time to go to the UK. And then we're going to, I think, a month in Canada after that then have my English tour for three weeks and then we're back with him for an American tour and then we're back to the Branson area and then we're back to where are we go Minot North Dakota for he loves there. Branson it's doesn't he oh yeah. Branson is one of his yeah well we're actually doing we're doing an all Christmas show this time in Shipshuana we've worked there every year one but we're doing a week there as well as Branson doing a, a Christmas type show right, right there it's in Indiana so it's a real it's a real um it's kind of like round here, I suppose, like like the countryside. Yes, very much and like Lobenstown. Yeah, it is like Lobenstown. And in the county, Amish, in county, county, I'm not whatever, telling them. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. But the Amish people kind of run that yes. area, and they they all like build their own houses, mm. and they're great with their, with their hands with the timber and the building and stuff. Do you know why should you, know? you have? I have Sandra Finnegan as my travel guru from Globe Travel, but you know yeah. when Sandra was that never here day, I'm sure I could give Mary a shout and she'd be able to tell <laughs> me about all these places in the world. She's been. Yeah. Favorite place in the world. Oh, home. Ah, you're good on you. Home. Good on you. Lobenstown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nowhere like home. I mean, we do. Yeah. I, the difference, you see, I go to Australia a lot as well. Every, sometimes every, every two, well, every two years, sometimes often because I do my own shows as mm. well. There. But, you know, I've met loads of people from home out, particularly in Sydney and in Melbourne, you meet the Irish ones, but everywhere else is just Australian, but there. And I always get so emotional meeting Irish people because a lot of them can't get home. Yes. And they haven't been home for years. Yes. But I know when I'm going away, I'm coming back. So it's to me, it's it's grand going away. But if I was going away living there to hold him, it might be a different story. Yeah. When you know you're coming home, it's, you know, it's There's it's no great. better feeling, isn't no, there? It's great, great to hear that from you. Let me yeah. tell you about this concert again. Mary Duffin, concert with special guest Easter Monday. That's this day week in the church. Yes, the Church of the Holy Cross in Lobenstown, Sydney GFC presenting the concert. You can get tickets from the... Uh, Church of the Holy Cross, Lobenstown. Uh, sorry, you can get, uh, better not get the priest in trouble. You can't get them at the church. No. Let me tell you where you can actually get them. I have it here. Lobenstown Post Office, Donoghue's Woodtown, Callaghan Butchers RD, Sally Gardens Pub and Slane, and any committee member of Sidden have tickets for this yeah. wonderful concert. But I'm sure we won't throw them away on the night. If anyone oh, comes on the night, listen, we, you won't be turned in, away. They'll open the side door, the back door, the front door, <laughs> and let you into the church. You'll see and hear this wonderful woman yeah. bringing it all back home. The album's out as well. It is. Turn back the years yes. get a copy and look we have tickets to give away to the concert again in which Irish county is Lobenstown we'll finish out with another track from the album and this is Mary yeah well can I dedicate it to a couple of people you is can. that alright you can well especially Father Sheeran um, hopefully Father Sheeran will come down 
the show. He's up in Navan in the nursing home and he's been a great fan and great friend to all of us down through the years. Also Father Jerry, he's our priest here in Lobenson and Father Timothy. Uh, they're very much involved in stuff with us Great, and they're lovely lovely people wish them all the best as well and Vera McEnany is a great friend to all of us Oh and a great fan of this radio station and loves our music as well and can belt out a tune we know Yes and she knows all our history of music is very good as well and and my father he celebrates birthday Good man Tom So for for all them and for everybody who knows For everybody listening today and fans of Mary Anyway we're going to finish with this track from the album and it's Mary's pick Yeah well I picked this as an up-tempo one since the last one was a slowy one and it's called uh, down at Twist and Shout. See you soon, Mary. Thanks a million, Jerry, and You're thanks welcome. to all the listeners. Thank you. Some say he never would, but yesterday he confounded the critics. Yes, 11 years on from his last major, Tiger Woods was in the winner's enclosure again and for the fifth time at the Masters. An incredible achievement. Damien McGrain is our own local master from Kells and County Mead. 12 years on the European Tour, winner of the China Open, winner of many other professional events and he's now the professional at Carlo Golf Club and he's on the line. Hello, Damien. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. I had your buddy Des Smith with me here last Wednesday and we were looking ahead to the golf in the year and especially the Masters and he never mentioned Tiger. And I said, Des, what about the Tiger? Could he roar? Well, he said you could never discount him, Jerry. but I'm not so sure in the field that's there. Oh, my God, Damien, he rolled back the years, didn't he? Yeah, it, 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 he really did. It's the right way to describe it. He rolled back the years. Um, like he alone can can change the golf industry, and he alone can make people smile and and want to get out get out of their homes and out onto a golf course. So it's great that he's back. Um, it's fantastic he done so well. Um, you know, including myself, Jerry, I wouldn't have believed he'd ever win such a big event again mm. because there's so many good players now. Tiger's ordinary, but you know it. With two holes to play, he he just coasted home to win a major. So, who would have thought it? Even Des didn't think it. But you know, it's fantastic he's back. Like the golf industry needs somebody with an X factor. And Tiger Woods, like when he smiles, he lights up every room. Mm. You know, he's 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 one player that whether you're a golfer or not, everybody recognizes Tiger. Everybody admires him. Everybody wants to see him do well. In my opinion. And, like, if Molinari won, it would have been fantastic for European golf. But Molinari, unfortunately, wouldn't inspire any young people in Drogheda today to get up and go out and play golf. 
So the fact that Wood's done it, it's actually great for the game. You are so right, Damien. I don't think people understand this man's pull and what he's done. Even when he came back last year and won that, he won a big tournament at the end of last year. I thought they were going to kill him on the 18th, walking down to the final green. The crowd went into such a frenzy. And again yesterday, he is the man that that has made in the past and will again. I just see today the figures, Damien. Nike stuck with him through the uh, troubled times. They're in for a $22 million bonanza. And you talk about the viewing figures and the interest in the game, which you're alluding to there. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, the the whole industry revolves around superstars. And, uh, like, the only disappointing thing from my point of view is TaylorMade is his golf equipment supplier. They got literally no coverage last night. Tiger uses a Bridgestone golf ball. They got no coverage. But the Nike logo is very prominent. And... Um, you know, Nike done well out of it. And although you said millions there, the, it's billions, I'm sure, is the mistake you've made, Jerry. Yeah. Because anything to do with Tiger Woods is not millions. <laughs> it's, it's billions. billions. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, he's an industry in himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if he performs well, um, he doesn't necessarily have to win, but if he performs well, he brings back, uh, you know, it, it's like he's like a a gunfighter in the OK Corral, you know, he just, he brings it all back to where, uh, you know, the, the, the ordinary guy could get back up onto the highest levels. And Tiger, like, has had, he, he led the game for years and years, then he had a big fall from grace. And um, he slowly but surely worked his way back up. I never thought he'd win a major, Jerry, but uh, here he is back now and he's won his major again. And now all of a sudden we're starting to wonder maybe he's going to win something else. <laughs> That's my next question I was going to say to you. And you know, the next two majors again in the States, the US Open and the PGA, are on courses. One of them's on Bethpage Black, I think, and another one is on a course where he won before and won majors. The, the, the potence, if he, if he can perform at the level he did over the weekend, you wouldn't rule him out of those, would you? No, no, you, 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 the bookies now will be, will be writing them right down. Um, as regards um, he could be good into some of these events almost a favourite but there's so many good players Jerry. Yeah. you see there's a couple of new guys there on the block I saw them for the first time last night on TV and, and they're world beaters and they're half Tiger's age mm. remember like Tiger's old enough to be on, the way it is now he's old enough to be these young players father Yes. so like you know it's it's eventually you know the age thing starts catching up the young kids are hungrier, they're more determined, they're stronger, they're fitter. And uh, it was great to see Tiger re- reel back the years and produce a, a great performance. And, you know, the back nine in August is what it's all about. Molinari let it slip, um, you'd have to say, but he played fantastic golf apart from the last nine holes. Um, he probably played the best golf by a long way all week. Mm. But the people's champion is Tiger Woods. Now all of a sudden golf is back in vogue. <laughs> it's a cool and funky game now. Uh, and he will benefit the game, whether it's in Ireland or in the UK, Europe or America. Everybody wins because of last night. Now, five green jackets, and I saw the pictures of him when he won the first. My God, you mentioned those kids that are coming up as well, half his age. He was that age at one stage when he won the, the first one. To win five uh, uh, in Augusta, uh, and, and that span of years, is it 22 between the first and the last, in itself is unique? Absolutely. You know, when you look at his first win, he was young, enthusiastic, maybe a little bit naive, and he won his first Masters jacket. Now, last night, when you watch him playing, 
you'd see it in his face that there's concern, anxiety, you know, all, all the things that settle in after a while. So his facial expressions have changed over the years last night. Like he didn't, he didn't flinch or let a smile or nothing until it was all over. Mm. Whereas, whereas before, you know, he'd have a glance into the crowd or he'd, he'd give them a salute or a wave um, because he knew he was the best. Whereas last night, he really, really was focused on just getting over the line. And as soon as he had an opportunity, he had to consolidate what he was trying to do. He had to try and just play the last two holes, not not conservatively, but play them strategically. Mm. And he done that and managed to walk away with the jacket. So, well done, Tiger. I see the picture. It's an emotional picture with his mum. His dad was there when he won the first one. Early's passed away since his own children were there, linking the generations. And I think we saw a more human side of Tiger last night. Here's the question, Damien, to you now. And I know you said it'll be tough for him to win again because of these young bucks. But now, Jack Nicholas sits on 18 majors. Tiger has moved to 15. Do you think there's a possibility, it's a big ask, to win three more to equal Jack's record or maybe surpass it? No, it, 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 it's, it's unrealistic, you know. Mm. Like, like, not being disrespectful to Nicholas, but he, he won all those majors when there was probably six serious contenders to, to him yeah. every week. Whereas Tiger Woods is playing the Masters there last night now, and there were certainly thirty players going out in the last round that you would say are good enough to win. Mm. Um, so, like one against six, and now Tiger's playing against one against thirty. You know, it, it's not stacked up in his favour. But you know, he's he's defied he's defied us all again. Um, he came back from serious injury. Now he's come back um, in his mid forties to win a major against really, really great players last night. Like, the standard of golf was incredible. And uh, nobody charged Adam with a couple of holes to go. I know Brooks Kepka had a chance. Dustin Johnson had a chance. That chap, Cantley, had a chance. But, you know, they didn't put the ball in the hole when it really, really counted. And when you think back of Tiger of old, as soon as there was a clutch putt that needed to be holed out, Tiger was always your man to sink it. So last night he was able to cruise home um, with a par and a bogey to win another green jacket. And as I keep saying, it's great for golf. It certainly is. Damien, it's a pleasure to talk to you again today on the show. It's been a while. And if you're down Carlow Way, Damien is the club professional down there. And he welcomes everybody and anybody. And especially if you're from Glowth or Mead, he'd be delighted to see you. Give give him a shout. It's a wonderful course down there. Damien, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That's Damien McGrain there and uh, what a great golfer Damien was and still continues to be as well talking about the wonderful Tiger Woods and winning his 15th major last evening at uh, the Masters. It's a moment I'll always remember. I stood there looking at the television and honestly, I'm a huge Tiger fan. I've seen him in person, play on four different occasions in, in big tournaments here at home and in the UK as well. And being close to that man, he'd mesmerise you. And I'll never forget the time he played one of the world golfs in Ireland here, down at Kilkenny. And my son, Jared, a fine golfer himself, we went to see him. And he's a Mad Tiger fan. I don't know what age he was at the time. But we went down to the second tee and Woods came down the first and played it and came up over the bank. And I just looked at Jared's expression as he saw a Tiger come over the hill. And it was as if God had appeared in that moment to my son when Woods walked over that hill. Oh, what a moment. What a sporting moment yesterday. And there's only one way to say goodbye to you on late lunch today. I want to dedicate this to the great man. 
Here on this show a week ago, it was Tiger Roll. Today we say goodbye with Tiger Woods. FM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartman Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Cartman Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or at CartmanCrossCU.ie.